Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. 997 days after January 6th, 2021, we finally have evidence of an insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. The insurrection did not come by way of any horn hat wearing shamans, smiling lectern movers, or even Midwestern grannies. The insurrection came by way of Democrat Congressman Jamal Bowman, who was caught on camera pulling the fire alarm at the Cannon House office building just before a motion to adjourn as Democrats sought desperately, some more desperately than others apparently, to delay a continuing resolution vote. For those who are unfamiliar with Jamal Bowman, he is a Democrat from New York who once called me a, quote, Nazi hellbent on keeping only white men alive and in power, end quote, because I said that boys and girls are different. He is a little eccentric, you could say, a little excitable, and now apparently, by Democrats' own logic, an insurrectionist. On January 6th, sorry, on January 6th, the worst day of the history of this already republic of 2021, Nancy Pelosi was the Speaker of the House of Representatives. And for years after that, Nancy Pelosi withheld video footage exonerating many of the January 6thers. Footage, for instance, showing the horn hat guy being escorted through the Capitol by police officers. Now, Republican Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House. And so we have seen right away, proof of Jamal Bowman pulling the alarm and attempting to disrupt the motion. Congressman Bowman has been caught on camera doing much more to obstruct an official congressional proceeding than any of the prominent January 6thers, certainly more than the horn hat guy. The horn hat guy got 41 months in prison If there is anything even remotely resembling a fair system of justice in the United States, Congressman Bowman should be wearing an orange jumpsuit for at least as long. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Doesn't look good when you pull fire alarms in the U.S. Capitol. When you do want to look good, you got to check out GenuCell Skin Care. This episode is brought to you by GenuCell. Say hello to the best skin you've ever had with the GenuCell Dark Spot Corrector. Get yours at GenuCell.com slash Knowles. Speaking of our nation's capital, we might get a third-party candidate for president and one of the most serious third-party challengers in a very long time. We'll get to that in a second. First, though, before we move on from Congress, AOC is defending Congressman Bowman. He says it was an accident. He thought pulling the alarm would open a door uh, based on the fact that the doors to his right there were locked and there was a sign that he said he was, I think someone said it was confusing I'll be honest, it doesn't really make sense to me, his explanation. 
Have you talked to him? What's going on? I mean, listen, I think if you actually do see some of the photos of the signs, I think there's there's something to be said about the government's about to shut down. There's a vote clock that's going down. The exits that are normally open in that building were suddenly closed. He pulled a fire alarm. So I'm I'm what I am here to say is that. House administration and U.S. Capitol Police and Jamal Bowman are inactive and he's fully participating and saying there was a misunderstanding. But what I do think is important to raise is the fact that Republicans, representatives like Nicole Maliotakis and others, immediately moved to file motions to censure, motions to expel before there, before there has even been conversations that are, that are finished to even see if there was a misunderstanding here. We just need to go a little bit slower here. I mean, I know we rounded up every single Midwestern granny that was even within 100 miles of Washington, D.C. on January 6th. But here, where we have clear footage of this congressman obstructing a congressional proceeding by pulling a fire alarm, here, we just need to slow walk this until everyone forgets, okay? Because, come on, he just didn't know. This is the most amazing excuse that we're getting out of AOC. Even Jake Tapper here says, what, you're you're telling me the guy couldn't read a clear sign, and so he pulls a fire alarm? to get out of the building, give me a break. But but this is now the line that the Democrats are sticking with. Chris Hayes on MSNBC reposted a picture of what was allegedly the signs that Congressman Bowman was seeing. And the sign said, emergency exit, push door, hold, alarm will go off, you know, emergency, only pushing case of emergency. And Chris Hayes said, well, yeah, it's very confusing. Oh, yeah. who could possibly know what is meant by the sign emergency exit only alarm will sound push only in case of emergency. It's just so confusing. I don't. Hmm. So ambiguous. But what's really funny is this one picture going around of the supposedly confusing signs is not what the congressman saw. We can see clearly on camera. There's no sign directly in front of that door. He, he doesn't even look straight at the door. He turns to the left and pulls the fire alarm. So it's just a total, it's a total farce. The, the reason that the Democrats are scrambling here is not because Jamal Bowman accidentally pulled a fire alarm. It's that he accidentally got caught. He, I remember one time I was at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. This was early on in my campus tour life. And I was giving a speech called Men Are Not Women and Other Uncomfortable Truths. This was actually even before the transgender issue really hit the national stage, but the libs were already completely crazy about it. So I gave this speech, Men Are Not Women and Other Uncomfortable Truths. And some wacko Antifa type guy busts in a fire door and sprays me with some unknown substance. No one, no one wants to know what it is. And... I look over. Luckily, there had been a cop right behind the door, and the cop gets this guy down on the ground within about 10 seconds. Eventually, he starts tasing the guy because the guy was fighting back against the cop. And I looked into this kid's face, this Antifa guy who was 18, 19, something like that. And the look on his face, it was one not of anger. It was one not of hatred. It was one of just pure shock that he had been caught. He, he just was so shocked to face any consequences for his actions. And I think that's exactly what's going on with Bowman here. I think that's exactly what's going on with AOC and all the rest of the Democrats. They're just shocked that for once they're being held accountable for their actions because they forgot that Kevin McCarthy, at least for now, is the Speaker of the House. And they forgot that there's security camera footage. And they forgot that sometimes, on rare occasions, they get outed 
for committing crimes and obstructing official proceedings and doing exactly the same stuff that when the the right-wingers do it, they call it a coup d'etat, the worst insurrection in history. Now, speaking of getting caught, the House Oversight Committee has just discovered some proof, I think pretty clear proof, that Joe Biden himself was on the take from foreign countries selling American influence. The House Oversight Committee has found that China wired $260,000 to Joe Biden's house. Now, how do we know this? We know this because the money didn't go to Joe Biden. The money went to Hunter Biden. But the address that was on file for the wire was Joe Biden's house. Now, this means at the very best, the the most charitable read of this is that Hunter just happened to be living with Joe shortly after Joe announced his candidacy in 2019. This is just a few months after Joe said, I am running for president over a quarter million dollars shows up to Joe's house. But it was just because Hunter happened to be there and it was all a big misunderstanding and Joe didn't know nothing about it, but it just doesn't, it just unfortunately doesn't look great. Now, the reason that this doesn't work is because the Bidens have consistently lied about every single aspect of this story, which we'll get to in a a second, though. But if you don't have a quarter million dollars in wire transfers just randomly showing up at your house, you're probably going to want to protect some of your assets with Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. Last month, the group of 20, the G20, announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their populations. Central bank digital currencies essentially allow the government to track every purchase you make. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products and easily freeze or seize your money. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you should call Birch Gold too. Text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898, and they will send you a free info kit on gold. The easiest way to become a Birch Gold customer is if you have an IRA or 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust. Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898. Claim your free info kit on gold, then call them, because if digital currency becomes a reality, it'll be nice to have some gold to fall back on. Right now, 989898 text Knowles. Money from China showing up, at the very least, we can say, at the very least to Hunter Biden, which directly contradicts what Hunter Biden previously told us on national television. The president has repeatedly said that you received $1.5 billion dollars from China, despite no experience and for no apparent reason. Obviously, fact checkers have said that that is not true. Look, this is literally has no basis in fact in any way. I have, have you received any money from no. business dealing? No. At all? Not no. one cent? Not one cent. No. No. Not one cent. I, rece- I received a lot of cents. I received $260,000 worth of cents, but I did not receive one single cent. Joe Biden then goes on and denies this as president. Wait, sir, there's been criticism in this deal with China compromised by your family's business relationship. Sir, Mr. President, Mr. President, there is Give me a criticism. break, man. <laughs> Did you- is your presidency compromised by your family's business dealings? <laughs> Give me a break, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? They don't get that many quarter million dollar payments directly to my house. What are you talking about? Come on, man. So after he dismisses this, 
his press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, denies it, but she's a little softer. She's a little more circumspect in the way that she denies this. House Oversight says they've got bank records showing a Chinese energy company paying three Biden family members through a third party. What were they paid for? Look, I'm just not going to respond to that from here. Look, we have heard from House Republicans for years and years and years um, how, uh, how the inaccuracies and lies when it comes to this issue. And I don't even know where to begin to even answer that question because, again, it's been lies and lies and inaccuracy for the past uh, couple of years, and I'm just not going to get into it from here. There are, there are so many lies. There are so many lies. I'm not going to name what those lies are, but there are so many lies that I'm not going to answer this accusation, which I'm not going to directly call a lie because it's obviously true, but lies, lies, lies. La, 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 la. I can't hear you. But now we know that 260 grand, at least, coming from BHR Partners Associates, uh, which is bankrolled by the Bank of China, which is all deeply mired with the Chinese Communist Party, sent that money to Hunter listing Joe Biden's Delaware home as the beneficiary address for the funds. Can we really say, though, can we in charity say, well, it, it was really just for Hunter. Joe probably didn't know. You can't forget about separating Hunter. You can't separate any of the Biden family from this issue. Because on top of the revelations about Hunter, on top of the revelations about Joe Biden's Delaware home address, we now have the New York Post reporting that Hunter Biden's daughter, Naomi, 29-year-old Naomi Biden, was working on behalf of a foreign government, representing a foreign government as a lawyer, around the same time that she was living at the White House. Why do we think the government of Peru hired Naomi Biden to represent it? Do we think it's because it, I don't want to I don't want to besmirch Naomi's scholarship and legal career. Something tells me though as a 29-year-old lawyer, she's probably not all that accomplished yet even if she were a good lawyer. So why would the government of Peru hire Naomi Biden, this random 29-year-old lawyer to represent it? Might it have something to do with her last name? Might it have something to do with the fact that she was living in the White House around the time she was working for them? It's a family business. In, in that way, this is like the Trump organization. They're, they're very, the Trump organization and the Biden organization are very different in that the Trump organization, even working in real estate in New York with a lot of shady characters, the Trump organization is basically on the up and up and the Biden organization is pure influence peddling because Donald Trump did not serve in government until 2017. Donald Trump, for all the shadiness that goes into doing any kind of serious business in New York, Donald Trump was working in the private sector. Joe Biden has made every penny that he's ever made, practically, working in government at a very high level of government because he's been in the Senate since the early 1970s. So the only way that he and his family have made any money at all is by selling American influence. But they're both family businesses. Do you remember when Donald Trump got elected, there was a call for him to put his business in a blind trust or to, to divest from his business? Divest for, How is Donald Trump going to divest from the Trump organization? The business is Trump. 
he could dissolve the whole business. Or this, this judge in New York, this Democrat judge that's trying to get Trump, they could dissolve the whole business. It wouldn't matter. He is the business. He could start another one called Trump Organization 2 Electric Boogaloo, and it would be the same thing because the business is him and his name and his reputation. Well, the same is true for the Bidens. Joe Biden is the guy with the influence. Hunter Biden is the one who peddles that influence overseas in Ukraine, in China, and elsewhere. Naomi Biden is another one who, the granddaughter of Joe, daughter of Hunter, is another one who peddles that influence overseas in Peru. Frank Biden, Joe's brother, is another one who peddles that influence. Frank Biden, it's being reported now by the New York Post, Frank Biden openly refers to Joe as the big guy. You remember in all those Hunter Biden text messages and emails where where we read about 10% for the big guy or given half to the big guy? Well, the big guy, Frank Biden admits, is his brother, Joe Biden. How about James Biden, Joe Biden's other brother? He made every penny to his name practically, peddling Joe's influence too. That's the family business. And you can't separate it, which means that when we see quarter million dollar payments, more than quarter million dollar payments going to Hunter, we know that Joe's involved. Hunter wouldn't have any of those payments if not for Joe. And by the way, Joe's home address is the one listed for the beneficiary line on the payments. Speaking of Democrat Party corruption, there is someone running for president against Joe Biden right now who seeks to take on not only the Republican Party, but corruption within the Democrat Party. How's he going to do it? Bobby Kennedy Jr. alludes to his future plans. Hi, everybody. I'm going to be in Philadelphia on October 9th to make a major announcement at the very birthplace of our nation. I'm not going to tell you right now exactly what that announcement will be. I can say, though, that if you've been waiting to come to one of my public events, this will be the one to come to. I'll be speaking about a sea change in American politics and what your part and my part is in that change. A lot of Americans who had previously given up any hope that real change would ever come through the American electoral process have begun to find new hope in my candidacy. And I understand the deeply felt concern that people have about the way corruption has overtaken our government. It's in the executive branch, it's in Congress, it's in the leadership of both political parties. And so some people feel a kind of cynicism alongside the hope or they lose hope entirely because they've been disappointed so many times. I want to tell you now what I've come to understand after six months of campaigning. There is a path to victory. There is a path to victory, and that path to victory is going to be running third party, presumably. That is presumably, he might surprise us, but that is probably what this announcement is, which is raising some concerns on the right because there are some people on the right who have spent the last six months building more than that, the last year or more, building up Bobby Kennedy Jr., who is a liberal. He's a a basically amiable liberal. He's clearly an intelligent man, but he's a big lib. That's why I've never been all that gung-ho about the Bobby Kennedy candidacy, is I think, okay, he's good on COVID. He was one of the few of us who early on called the COVID nonsense, But he's wrong on abortion, and he's wrong on guns, and he's wrong on a lot of aspects of our constitutional order, and he's a big lib. So I'm not going to—I'm just not going to support him. I'm not saying he's the worst guy in the world. I'm just saying he and I have very different priorities. But there have been a lot of conservatives who have really taken a shine to Kennedy because, one, he he was right on COVID. 
Two, he's taking on Joe Biden, and the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And three, I think there are still a lot of conservatives who are basically kind of liberal. They just think the left has gone too far. You know, they say, I, I was a Democrat, and I didn't leave my party. My party left me. And all this woke stuff and all this weird sex stuff, it's gone way too far. So I can't go all the way with those radicals, or I can't be a socialist, or I can't be like an AOC, but I'm still kind of a Democrat. And so they long for the days of a Kennedy. You look even at the way that Bobby Kennedy is dressing. He's wearing those nice skinny ties from the 1960s. He's trying to evoke his father and his uncle, John F. Kennedy, and that that time before the Democratic Party had gone completely insane. Still, I think this hurts Democrats more. Bobby Kennedy is still polling at something like 19% in the Democrat Party. I think once the reality of his political positions comes out, I don't think that the likely Republican nominee, Donald Trump, is going to have much of a hard time prying back the types of conservatives who sort of like Bobby Kennedy back from him, back toward Trump. And so all, all in all, I'm, I'm kind of for it. I think that if, if Bobby Kennedy is going to be a third party spoiler in this race, I think he's going to be more Ralph Nader than he will be Ross Perot. I think he's going to hurt the Democrats more than the Republicans, probably. But it remains an open question. Now, you know, Kennedy wants to look good by putting on those skinny ties. When you want to look good, you got to check out GenuCell. Right now, go to GenuCell.com slash Knowles. It is no secret that we here at The Daily Wire love the GenuCell Dark Spot Corrector. Now, you might be asking what this product even does. Well, do you have sunspots, brown spots, discoloration, or dry skin? Pretty much everyone does. With the GenuCell Dark Spot Corrector, you can watch those blemishes disappear in front of your very eyes. Kimberly from Youngstown, Ohio says, My skin has improved so much since using GenuCell on my face. I love all my GenuCell products, and my skin looks younger now it's your turn to feel like Kimberly, but this sale is ending very soon. Take advantage of GenuCell's most popular package, which includes the dark spot corrector, plus the classic GenuCell bags and puffiness treatment, and immediate effects for almost 70, 70% off. GenuCell is so confident in their products that you can try them for yourself completely risk-free. If you don't see results in one day, you'll get your money back. Go to GenuCell.com slash Start looking years, even decades younger tomorrow. Say hello to the best skin that you've ever had. GenuCell.com slash Knowles. GenuCell.com slash Knowles. Woke candy companies think that Frankenstein can become his own bride, which is why we launched Jeremy's Chocolate with he, him, and she, her bars, only one of which has nuts. We need to sell more of this chocolate so we can hire better copywriters around it. No, I'm joking. I like the Frankenstein line. Our domination over big chocolate is not over, not by a long shot. Just in time for Halloween, we are proud to introduce Jeremy's chocolate in micro aggression size. What better way to share your values than handing out our chocolates, taking down the leftists one micro aggression size bite at a time? Go to jeremyschocolate.com. Order yours today. In the meantime, before we can unseat Joe Biden, Biden is ruthlessly imposing his agenda. You want to hear, you want to hear the perfect example of the way Biden is tossing his power around right now. There's a German family that is living in the United States that actually sought political asylum. We hear all the time about how the millions and millions of illegal aliens crossing our southern border, they're actually political asylum seekers. When they're not, they're mostly fighting age young men who are economic migrants who just want to make more money in the United States. 
very, very few actual political asylum seekers relative to the number of illegals crossing the border. In this case, we have a German family that did in fact seek political asylum because they are Christians, they're evangelical Protestants who wanted to homeschool their kids, didn't want to send their kids to crazy German public schools that were going to indoctrinate them and fill their heads with all sorts of lies. So homeschooling is practically illegal in Germany, at least where they were. They come to the United States. They've been here for 15 years. They're here in my own state of Tennessee with the government's blessing. They've flourished. They've done well. They're gainfully employed. They're, uh, they have lots of kids. They dress properly. They behave well. They're law-abiding. They, they did everything right. They didn't cross the border illegally. They're here with the government's blessing. And Joe Biden is saying they got to be deported. Joe Biden is saying they got to pack their bags, get out of here. Which means their kids are going to have to go back to those insane schools. The parents said that when they sent their kids to these public schools in Germany, their whole personalities changed. They suffered health issues while attending public school. And any ordinary American knows that that sort of thing happens because of the nonsense that is taught in schools and the deleterious effect that that nonsense has on kids. They got to pack up. If this family were Venezuelan rather than German, they would be allowed to stay. They would be called, they would be called dreaming, future, bright-eyed, doe-eyed American dreamers. If this family were not a family, but just a pack of young fighting age men from Honduras who crossed the border illegally, paid off the cartels, were involved in all sorts of crime, they'd be allowed to stay. They're just dreamers. They're just, they're just seeking a better life here. If this family were liberal rather than conservative, if this family were secular rather than evangelical, if this family were inclined to vote Democrat rather than Republican, they would be called a wonderful blessing of diversity to our nation to show us the way toward progress. And they would be allowed to stay. But because they are German evangelical, conservative, white family homeschoolers. They got to go. They're the enemy, according to the Biden administration. And the reason for this is that politics is not abstract. There are some conservatives, some very naive, squishy conservatives, who believe that politics is totally abstract and it's just about principles floating in thin air, which is why the height of their political commentary and activism is to huff and puff and throw their hands up and say, imagine if the shoe were on the other foot. And to say, well, can you imagine if the roles were reversed? And to say, this is, on, this is a double standard. That's all they do. I try not, I point out the hypocrisy when I can, but I also try to go a little further than that because the Democrats know that. They know that it's unfair. They know that they're, that they're playing with two standards here. They know, what the Democrats know that the conservatives need to figure out is that politics is not abstract. Politics is always about real particular people and real particular groups of people. German, homeschooler, evangelical, conservative family, that's the enemy. They get deported. Venezuelan, economic migrant, don't speak a lick of English, don't know anything about our culture, easy to manipulate, easy to control, hooked on the welfare system, inclined to vote Democrat at least generations down the line. They're the friend of 
this administration and our broader liberal regime. That's how it works. Hornhat guy gets a private tour around the Capitol escorted by police officers. He's the enemy. He's an insurrectionist. He's doing a coup d'etat. He goes to prison for 41 months. Jamal Bowman pulls a fire alarm and it would seem likely to me intentionally obstructs an official congressional proceeding. Oh, he just didn't know. He can't read signs. You expect a member of Congress to know how to read? You expect a member of Congress to, to have the, the functional IQ of a fourth grader and to know what, what words mean in, in syntax in order when it says emergency exit only, push only if you want the alarm to ring? Oh, he couldn't know that. Or more likely, he of course he did know that and he just didn't think he'd get caught. Well, he's a friend. He doesn't even get a slap on the wrist. That's how it works. And as long as Democrats continue to acknowledge the particular character of politics and conservatives just think it's all abstract principles floating in thin air applying equally to everybody, we're going to continue to lose. We want principles. And the ultimate principle that we want is justice. But the way to get justice in politics is not to bury our heads in the sand and to pretend that politics is practiced other than as it is. It's to recognize that it is really about groups of people and teams and alliances. When AOC refuses to throw Bowman under the bus, even though we got him dead to rights, we got him on camera, it's clear as day. That guy did it. She doesn't, she doesn't throw him under the bus because they're on the same team. And in order to do anything in politics, you need to have teammates and alliances and compatriots, and you need to work together. That's what we're seeing here. So they're going to deport the German. We're going to say, well, okay, but now you better deport all those economic migrants who are very likely to vote for Democrats and who aren't evangelical homeschoolers. Yeah, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. So what now? Every Republican should be pushing to allow this family to stay. This family is exact, this is the exact type of family that should be granted asylum in the United States. Christians fleeing religious persecution in Europe, where we don't even take that many European immigrants anymore. The vast, overwhelming majority of immigrants that we take in are from Latin America. So if you want any kind of fairness in our immigration system, surely you would say, okay, one of the underrepresented groups that don't really immigrate to the United States or are not really allowed in, well, maybe we should allow them in. Every Republican should be clamoring to let this family stay with political asylum. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Speaking of specific people, there's a race on for who replaces Dianne Feinstein in the U.S. Senate. Dianne Feinstein... Uh, died last week. Senator Feinstein lived a very long life. You know, it's it, it's always sad when people die because death is is just a sad thing. But you know, she, she didn't flip her Corvette at age twenty two. She lived until the ripe old age of ninety or thereabouts. She served in the Senate until her last day. Uh, she had a largely distinguished career in as much as even conservatives kind of like her because she wasn't the craziest lib in the whole U.S. Senate. And now now there's a question of who's going to replace her. Gavin Newsom, who clearly wants to run for president, the California governor, 
and needs to pick someone. But the problem is there's already a race on for her seat because she wasn't running for re-election. So the top candidates to replace her are already running. That's Katie Porter, U.S. Representative, Barbara Lee, U.S. Representative, and Adam Schiff. He's a U.S. Rep too. So it's three members of Congress running to replace her. If Gavin Newsom picks any one of them, he will be seen as giving an unfair advantage in the election, which is happening just next year. Plus, he's, he's got an identity politics minefield here. He's got white lady Katie Porter, but she's popular with the Dems. Uh, Barbara Lee, a black lady. So if he picks the white lady over the black lady, that's going to be called racist. If he picks the black lady over the white lady, that's going to be called tokenism, but he'd probably be, be able to get away with that more easily. And then Adam Schiff, who's a white man, very, very bad, but he's a very prominent Democrat. He's probably the most de- prominent Democrat of any of them, and he ran the impeachment against Donald Trump, so Dems like him. He's got to pick someone. Um, hold on. Gavin, I am hearing from my producers, Gavin Newsom has already picked a replacement and let's see, I've got it. Let me pull up my text. Okay, I sort of had wished that I had checked the mail or checked the news rather before this show. Uh, okay, Newsom picks LaFonza Butler as Feinstein's replacement. This is from Politico. California's governor chose a labor leader turned power player to serve in the Senate. An advisor told Politico there were no preconditions about whether or not she could run in 2024. Very interesting. So this person could run again. But he, but this is very smart of Newsom. Look, Newsom, man, this guy is a very, very sharp political player because he just got it done right away. There's no guessing game. There's no jockeying. He just immediately appointed somebody. He probably had this person on deck the moment that Senator Feinstein got sick. Uh it checks some of the identity politics boxes. I think LaFonza Butler, it said, is a lesbian. I could be wrong about that. If I'm just making that up, sorry to do that. But she uh, she is a black woman they're making a big deal about. So it che- anyway, it checks off some identity politics boxes and uh, just takes the issue off the table. So now the rest of them can duke it out and Newsom can focus on what he wants to focus on, which is potentially running for president. Who is going to replace Senator Feinstein? There's a, there's a fourth option. Because Newsom's theoretically got to pick someone who's not already running. And I didn't, look, I'm just reading the news. So I'm just telling you what is being reported. This is from the Daily Mail. Meghan Markle is considering a run for office. The former Duchess of Sussex, the biological weapon that I think was made in an American laboratory somewhere as as a bioweapon to destroy the British crown. We just sent her over there like a heat-seeking missile. She found Harry and then tried to blow up the monarchy. Anyway, she could theoretically maybe be considered to be picked. I don't don't buy it, but Meghan Markle's apparently gunning for it. Meghan Markle has reportedly cultivated a lot of political contacts on the left. She's close friends with Gloria Steinem, the first, first lady of feminism in the United States. Gloria Steinem, huge force in Democrat Party politics. A friend of Gloria Steinem has said that Gloria has been introducing Meghan to pivotal people within the party. According to this report, Meghan is interested in politics more than anything else, and that's where she believes her power is, but she's had to focus on making money. This story, this really puts monarchists in a tough spot, doesn't it? There, there are some people in America who are monarchists, who are just open, avowed monarchists, 
And they're usually very buttoned up, very conservative sort of people. And this is now the best shot to get a royal into a position of power in the United States, maybe that we've ever had. And it just so happens that the royal is this awful American actress who is, seems ideologically opposed to monarchy and tries to destroy it and is a big lib. I don't know what the monarchists are supposed to do here. Puts them in a very, very difficult spot. Also an amazing journey. This woman was an actress. She became a princess, but she didn't want to be the, she didn't want to be the real thing. She didn't want to be an actual princess. She wanted to leave being a princess to pretend to be a princess on TV, but then she didn't want to just play pretend on TV. She wants to be in democratic politics. What an amazing journey of dissatisfaction that I assume will just never end because it's a feature of modern liberal life that you're just never satisfied with your station in life. Speaking of deluded women, Libs of TikTok has just found a video of, probably I'm not allowed to keep this on a certain social media website. Libs of TikTok has found a, a perfect example of the illogic undergirding the transgender movement. So this might be confusing for some people. So like I use he, him pronouns, right? But I don't identify as a man. But I'm trans. I'm trans non-binary. And I feel dysphoric about my body sometimes, like my curves and my butt. But at the same time, I like my boobs. Like, that's fine. Okay, so I think it's a woman. I think this is actually a woman. She says, I feel dysphoric about parts of my body, but I like my breasts. And so that part, but I'm still trans somehow. And the first thing I notice about this video, and if you're only listening, you take my word for it. There's this weird occult flag behind her. This weird, it looks like bones with a kind of astral map and it looks like a little crescent moon and the, perhaps some astrology and the directions. And what's that about? What's the weird occult flag about? I'll tell you exactly what it's about. There's a weird and, and unfortunate misconception that religious people are superstitious. We are not. Religious people, in fact, are the only people on earth who are not superstitious. And everyone, in fact, will be either religious or superstitious. I looked up the Webster definition of superstition because I wanted to be totally precise here. The dictionary definition of superstition is a belief or practice resulting from ignorance, fear of the unknown, trust in magic or chance, or a false conception of causation. You will either be a religious person. Religion is, of course, the uh, habit of virtue that inclines the will to give to God what he deserves. You will, you will either be religious and acknowledge God and then follow that logic with your heart and with your whole spirit and with your logic. Theology is faith-seeking understanding, and you will apply the rigors of, of logic to your intuitions of the metaphysical. Or you'll just believe in magic and, and chance and superstition and all of this kookiness. Religious people, the kind who are being kicked out of the United States because they want to homeschool their kids and they don't want to send them to crazy lib schools. What do they believe? They believe there's a God who loves us. We're made in the image and likeness of God. We have faculties of reason and moral conscience that, that can allow us to discern between good and evil and we can pursue sanctity or we can pursue vice. And that's what they believe, right? The non-religious people, 
the supposedly rational scientific people. They're the ones who believe that men can become women and babies aren't really babies and that we should astral project ourselves onto the seventh moon of Jupiter and that that we should consult astrologers and psychics and that crystals have healing powers and we should just vibe with the universe, man. It. The irony is the more supposedly secular and rational and enlightened you become in our modern scientific way, the more superstitious you will become, the more you will be likely to have those weird flags on your walls. My favorite comment on Friday is from Bryce N. Laniger, 1216, who says, you're focusing on the effect, not the cause. If you want things to get better, you have to find out why they are, oh no, that's not, that wasn't my favorite comment. I'm going to pull my actual favorite comment. My favorite comment, let's see. I pulled it up on my, I'm going to have to kill Professor Jacob for getting that comment wrong. The, my actual favorite comment is, let me see, because it was a good one and I waited to, to tell this joke. Here it is. I wonder if Dianne Feinstein is going to seek re-election and vote for Biden next year. And the reason I wanted that to be the comment is because when the senator sadly passed away, my, my first thought was, okay, that's sad, you know, because she lived a good long life. I don't think any of us thought she was long for this world. Um, can I make the joke on the show that while she has died and gone on to her eternal reward, uh, it's unclear if she has resigned her seat in, in the Senate? And I talked to my producers and I talked to sweet little Elisa and they said, it's too soon. It's important. You can't make th- that joke on that day. And so I said, I'm not going to make that joke. I didn't think it was disrespectful, but I said, I'm not going to make that joke out of deference to, but now someone else has made it. It's several days later. I think it's an open question. Forget about Senator Feinstein for a second. Joe Biden. Oh, I'm not convinced the man has a pulse. He's not resigned the presidency. And I don't think he would for many months in, if such an event, God forbid, were to occur. It's a question. Maybe they'll just all stick it out. Maybe we'll just have boomer and silent generation political leaders forever. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Speaking of unbelievable things, Nikki Haley has claimed that the Trump campaign has sent a, a prank of some sort to her hotel room. Nikki says, after a day of campaigning, this is the message waiting for me outside my hotel room. Hashtag pretty pathetic, try again. Hashtag you just made my case for me. And it's, I didn't get this at first. It's a bird cage and it says from Trump campaign and it has bird feed on top of it. And I had, some people immediately said, I don't believe that this really happened, but I just couldn't even understand what the joke was. And then I found out apparently Trump has called her a bird brain, but I don't, he hasn't done it all that prominently. So I don't like it, like, I follow these things pretty closely. And the fact that that uh, allusions just passed right by me and I didn't catch it, I don't know. I just did, it didn't seem very credible. And I, I don't know, why would the Trump campaign sign from Trump campaign? It just seems ridiculous. 
So now people are calling Nikki, uh, Nikki Smollett, and they're saying, I don't think she's lying. I don't think Nikki would just brazenly lie about this. She, I don't think it's real. I don't think the Trump campaign actually sent that to her. But I don't know. This would be very... This would be very strange for Nikki Haley to just stage the whole thing and maybe some member of her her campaign did. I just find it very hard to believe. Nikki Haley is a pretty serious person. I find it very hard to believe that she would come up with this Jesse Smollett kind of hoax and stage it. And so I I don't really buy that. Uh, But at the same time, I don't think this happened. I don't, the whole thing to me seems kind of, like a sideshow. But then so much of the GOP primary is a sideshow because even if you love Nikki and you're campaigning for Nikki, even if you love Tim Scott, you're campaigning for Tim Scott, even if you love Ron DeSantis, it is simply a fact. The race has not changed at all, not one iota in about 15 months now. And we're not just talking about one poll or you question the ABC Washington Post poll or this poll. None of the polls, they've all remained almost exactly where they've been for 15 months. And the gap between the number one candidate and the number two, three, four, five, and six candidate is huge. So is there any chance of these guys dropping out? Is there any chance, for instance, of Ron DeSantis saying, I'm going to shutter the campaign and agree to be Trump's VP? Maria Bartiromo just asked Governor DeSantis that. Here's his answer. If President Trump came to you and said, let's partner up, you be my VP, would you do it? No, I'm, I'm running for president. We need somebody that can serve two terms. We need somebody that can win states like Georgia and Arizona, which President Trump cannot do or did not do, even though candidates like McCain and Romney had no problem winning those states. We need somebody who, and I'm the only one running, including Donald Trump, everything I've promised the voters that I would do as governor of Florida, uh, I've delivered on. And then Governor DeSantis goes into the stump speech and says, no, I'm running Hardcore, I'm only going for the top job. I will not be the VP. I think this is probably smart for DeSantis. This was the right answer. He could have perhaps been the VP, though probably not because Trump is running as a Floridian. So just actually the way our constitution sets up the race, you can't have a a president and a vice president from Florida. Practically speaking, the electoral vote wouldn't work that way. Um, or, Or you couldn't have a president and a vice president from the same state, period. Uh, but let's say, I don't know, let's say Trump ran as a New York candidate or something like that. He had residency in New York. Could DeSantis have been his VP? Yeah, yeah, probably. Had he just endorsed Trump early on and said, I'm not going to run for president, cut a deal since he was the most formidable and remains the most formidable challenger to Trump in the race. Uh, yeah, maybe, but it's too late for that. It's too late. And so if DeSantis were trying to get a VP spot or even some senior cabinet spot, he probably Trump would just toy with him the way that he toyed with Mitt Romney and then degrade him and humiliate him. And DeSantis says, I don't want to be degraded and humiliated. So no, I'm going to run for the top spot. The die is cast. And if it kills my political career, so be it. I'm going to be the alternative to Donald Trump. There is a question because DeSantis has not been able to close that gap. Should there be another alternative to Donald Trump? And there is a big move afoot to draft Glenn Youngkin. Glenn Youngkin is meeting with conservative donors uh, in just a matter of weeks now. This would be a last-minute entry into the race, if it were at all possible. Uh, They will be meeting on October 17th for the Red Vest Retreat. There he is. If if Nikki's not going to do it, if DeSantis isn't going to do it, if Tim's not going to do it, there's our last hope. 
we who hate Donald Trump, we're going to get Glenn Youngkin. He would be crazy to do it. He would be crazy to do it. I don't think he will. I think he's too smart a a politician. But if you're Glenn Youngkin, first of all, you're so late into the race already. You've missed major opportunities to fundraise for years now at this point. I mean, Donald Trump already had such an advantage on the other candidates, which I think accounts for some of his his spot in the polls. But even the other candidates have been raising money and out there campaigning. Glenn Youngkin hasn't done any of that. He's going to enter the race at the very last minute after having seen what happened to DeSantis, maybe the most promising young Republican in the party, certainly in years, who basically just got pushed off to the side by Trump and Nikki and Tim. And forget about Chris Christie. Forget about Doug Burgum. But there are a lot of people who are really serious contenders who just got pushed to the side. And you're Glenn Youngkin, and you're going to say, okay, I'm I'm a popular governor right now, but I'm going to throw away my political career to try to challenge Trump at the last minute and probably lose? I don't think so. I think what these stories tell you is more more indicative of the fact that the anti-Trump part of the GOP is, is beginning to feel the heat, beginning to get a little bit desperate because their options are not working out. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. The rest of the show continues now. You do not want to miss it. Become a member. Use code NOLSCAN at WLAS to check it for two months free on all annual plans. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.